This is Everyday Light, a perfectly imperfect reading of the One Year Daily Bible. I'm Molly, a fellow pilgrim on the road to the kingdom, and it is a joy to have you traveling this journey with me, with the Word of God as a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. This is the one-year Bible reading for July the 6th. We are starting today in 1 Chronicles chapter 2, verse 18. And I have a confession to make to you as we get started, which is that honestly, when I get to these sections of scripture where there are lots of names, Hebrew names, I have a tendency to skip over them or skim them at best. Um, because I question my ability to pronounce them. And that habit is not serving me well right now. Um, but as I am reading through and needing to pronounce these names, I'm noticing connections here with our stories that we've read about the Old Testament um, and that we will read again later on in First Chronicles and Second Chronicles. Um, so again, I just w- welcome you to listen as I try to read them as smoothly as I can um, and see if you find anything that sounds familiar. First Chronicles chapter 2, verse 18. Hezron's son, Caleb, had two wives named Azubah and Jerioth. Azubah's sons were named Jeshur, Shobab, and Arden. After Azubah died, Caleb married Ephrathah, and they had a son named Hur. Hur was the father of Uri. Uri was the father of Bezalel. When Hezron was 60 years old, he married Gilead's sister, the daughter of Mekir. They had a son named Segub. Segub was the father of Jair, who ruled 23 towns in the land of Gilead. Later, Jeshur and Aram towns of Jair, and also took Kenneth and its 60 surrounding villages. All these were descendants of Mekir, the father of Gilead. Soon after Hezron died, in the town of Caleb Ephrathah, his wife Abijah gave birth to a son named Ashur, the father of Tekoa. The sons of Jeremiel, the oldest son of Hezron, were Ram, the oldest, Buna, Oren, Ozem, and Ahijah. Jeremiel had a second wife named Atara. She was the mother of Onam. The sons of Ram, the oldest son of Jeremiel, were Maz, Jamin, and Eker. The sons of Onam were Shammai and Jada. The sons of Shammai were Nadab and Abishur. The sons of Abishur and his wife Abihail were Aban and Eliad. The sons of Nadab were Seled and Apaim. Seled died without children, but Apaim had a son named Ishi. The son of Ishi was Sheshan. Sheshan had a descendant named Ali. Shammai's brother Jada had two sons named Jether and Jonathan. Jether died without children, but Jonathan had two sons named Peleth and Zaza. These were all descendants of Jeremiel. Sheshan had no, do- no sons, though he did have daughters. He also had an Egyptian servant named Jarha. Sheshan gave one of his daughters to be the wife of Jarha, and they had a son named Atai. Atai was the father of Nathan. Nathan was the father of Zabad. Zabad was the father of Ephlel. Ephlel was the father of Obed. Obed was the father of Jehu. Jehu was the father of Azariah. Azariah was the father of Helez. Helez was the father 
of Elisha. Elisha was the father of Sismai. Sismai was the father of Shalom. Shalom was the father of Jechemiah. Jechemiah was the father of Elishama. The oldest son of Caleb, the brother of Jeremiel, was Misha, the father of Ziph. Caleb's second son was Merishah, the father of Hebron. The sons of Hebron were Korah, Tapua, Rechem, and Shema. Shema was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Jorkim. Rechem was the father of Shammai. The sons of Shammai were Maan. The son of Shammai was Maan. Maan was the father of Bethzur. Caleb's concubine, Ephah, gave birth to Haran, Moza, and Gazes. Haran was the father of Gazes. The sons of Jadai were Regem, Jotham, Geshen, Pelet, Ephah, and Sheaf. Another of Caleb's concubines, Maekah, gave birth to Sheber and Tirhana. She also gave birth to Sheaf, the father of Madmana, and Shiva, the father of Macbenah and Gibeah. Caleb also had a daughter named Aksa. These were all descendants of Caleb. The sons of Hur, the oldest son of Caleb's wife, Ephrathah, were Shobal, the father of Kiriath-Jerim, Salma, the father of Bethlehem, and Hereph, the father of Beth-Gader. That's the other interesting thing as you hear this Bethlehem, Ephrathah, these town names that we're familiar with. Um, these were founded based on the names of these ancestors. The descendants of Shobal, the father of Kiriath-Jerim, were Haroah, half of the Manathites, and the families of, the Kiri of Kiriath-Jerim, the Ithrites, Puthites, Shumathites, and Mishrahites, from whom the people of Zorah and Eshtaol came. The descendants of Salma were Bethlehem, the Netophathites, Atroth, Beth Joab, the other half of the Manathathites, the Zorites, the families of the scribes living at Jabez, the Tirathites, Shimeathites, and Sukathites. These were the, all Kenites who descended from Hamath, the father of the family of Rechab. These were the sons who were born to David in Hebron. The oldest was Amnon, whose mother was Ahinoam of Jezreel. The second was Kiliab, whose mother was Abigail from Carmel. The third was Absalom, whose mother was Maekah, the daughter of Talmai, the king of Geshur. The fourth was Adonijah, whose mother was Haggith. The fifth was Shephatiah, whose mother was Abital. The sixth was Ithriam, whose mother was Egla. These six sons were born to David in Hebron, where he reigned seven and a half years. Then David moved to the capital of Jerusalem, where he reigned another 33 years. The sons born to David in Jerusalem included Shimei, Shobab, Nathan, and Solomon. Bathsheba, the daughter of Amiel, was the mother of these sons. David also had nine other sons, Ibhar, Elishua, Elpelet, El Norga, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Eliada, and Eliphalet. These were the sons of David, not including the sons of his concubines. David also had a daughter named Tamar. The descendants of Solomon were Rehoboam, Abijah, 
Asa, Jehoshaphat, Jehoram, Ahaziah, Joash, Amaziah, Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, Hezekiah, Manasseh, Amon, and Josiah. The sons of Josiah were Johanan, the oldest, Jehoiakim, the second, Jedekiah, the third, and Jehoahaz, the fourth. Jehoiakim was succeeded by his son, Jehoiachin. He, in turn, was succeeded by his uncle, Zedekiah. The sons of Jehoiachin, who was taken prisoner by the Babylonians, were Shealtiel, Malkiram, Pediah, Shanazar, Jechemiah, and Nedabiah. The sons of Pediah were Zerubbabel and Shimei. The sons of Zerubbabel were Meshulam and Hanani. He also had a daughter named Shelomith. His five other sons were Hashuba, Ohel, Barakai, Hasadiah, and Jushab Hersed. The sons of Hanani were Pelatai and Jeshai. Jeshai's son was Rephai. Rephai's son was Arnon. Arnon's son was Obadiah. Obadiah's son was Sekaniah. Sekaniah's descendants were Shemaiah and his sons Hatush, Igal, Bariah, Neriah, and Shaphat, six in all. The sons of Neriah were Elioni, Hizkiah, and Azrakam, three in all. The sons of Elioni were Hadaviah, Elishib, Peliah, Akub, Jehonan, Deliah, and Anani, seven in all. Some of the descendants of Judah were Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Shobal. Shobal's son was Reiah, uh, and was the father of Jahath. Jahath was the father of Ahumai and Lahad. These were the families of the Zorathites. The descendants of Edom were Jezreel, Ishma, Idmash, Hazel Elponi, his daughter, Penuel, the father of Gedor, and Ezer, the father of Husha. These were the descendants of Hur, the firstborn of Ephrathah, the ancestor of Bethlehem. Acts 24, verse 1 through 27. And if you remember, they have transferred Paul uh, to be seen by a new uh, counselor at this point, um, away from Jerusalem and to Rome. Five days later, Ananias, the high priest, arrived with some of the Jewish leaders and the lawyer Tertullus to press charges against Paul. When Paul was called in, Tertullus laid charges against Paul in the following address to the governor. Your Excellency, you have given peace to us Jews and have enacted reforms for us. And for all this, we are very grateful to you. But lest I bore you, kindly give me your attention for only a moment as I briefly outline our case against this man. For we have found him to be a troublemaker, a man who is constantly inciting the Jews throughout the world to riots and rebellions against the Roman government. He is a ringleader of the sect known as the Nazarenes. Moreover, he was trying to defile the temple when we arrested him. You can find out the truth of our accusations by examining him yourself. 
Then the other Jews chimed in, declaring that everything Tertullus had said was true. Now it was Paul's turn. The governor motioned for him to rise and speak. Paul said, I know, sir, that you have been a judge of Jewish affairs for many years, and this gives me confidence as I make my defense. You can quickly discover that it was no more than 12 days ago that I arrived in Jerusalem to worship at the temple. I didn't argue with anyone in the temple, nor did I incite a riot in any synagogue or on the streets of the city. These men certainly cannot prove the things they accuse me of doing. But I admit that I follow the way, which they call a sect. I worship the God of our ancestors, and I firmly believe the Jewish law and everything written in the books of prophecy. I have hope in God, just as these men do, that he will raise both the righteous and the ungodly. Because of this, I always try to maintain a clear conscience before God and everyone else. After several years away, I returned to Jerusalem with money to aid my people and to offer sacrifices to God. My accusers saw me in the temple as I was completing a purification ritual. There was no crowd around me and no rioting. But some Jews from the province of Asia were there, and they ought to be here to bring charges if they have anything against me. Ask these men here what wrongdoing the Jewish high council found in me, except for one thing I said when I shouted out, I am on trial before you today because I believe in the resurrection of the dead. Felix, who was quite familiar with the way, adjourned the hearing and said, wait until Lysias, the, gar gar the garrison commander, arrives. Then I will decide the case. He ordered an officer to keep Paul in custody, but to give him some freedom and allow his friends to visit him and take care of his needs. A few days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. Sending for Paul, they listened as he told them about faith in Jesus Christ and as he listened, reasoned with them about righteousness and self-control and the, govern, uh, the judgment to come, Felix was terrified. Go away for now, he replied. When it is more convenient, I'll call for you again. He also hoped that Paul would bribe him, so he sent for him quite often and talked with him. Two years went by in this way. Then Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus, and because Felix wanted to gain favor with the Jewish leaders, he left Paul in prison. Psalm 4. This is a psalm of David, but I feel like Paul could have very well cried out with this psalm while he was left there for two years. Answer me when I call God who declares me innocent. Take away my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people ruin my reputation? How long will you make these groundless accusations? How long will you pursue lies? You can be sure of this. The Lord has set apart the godly for himself. The Lord will answer when I call to him. Don't sin by letting anger gain control over you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Offer proper, proper sacrifices and trust in the Lord. Many people say, who will show us better times? Let the smile of your face shine on us, Lord. You have given me greater joy than those who have abundant harvests of grain and wine. I will lie down in peace and sleep. O oh Lord, will keep me safe. Proverbs 18, 16 through 18. Giving a gift works wonders. It may bring you before important people. Any story sounds true until someone sets the record straight.
Casting lots can end arguments and settle disputes between powerful opponents. And to end today, I wanted to share a little bit again of uh, this book that my small group is reading called Two Steps Forward. And this part of the book, I'm still kind of processing through. I just read it again last night and um, just so good and uh, just really ministered to me. Um, but very appropriate with the name of the book because the Lord can bring us forward in our life, in our spiritual journey, many steps. But as soon as we take that one step back, I just feel like the enemy's right there saying, yeah, you thought you made some progress, but look, you're still in the pit. As if it was our work anyways, right? It was our progress, our, our own work and striving in our lives that produces anything lasting. Um, so this spoke to me. This is um, a man who is speaking with his spiritual advisor, and something has happened in his life that has brought up a lot of feelings that he thought he was past. And he says to her, her name is Catherine, I don't like the feelings that got stirred up today. It left me wondering if the anger I thought had died was actually just dormant, waiting to be awakened again. You walked that road with, before with me, Catherine. You remember how toxic I was. I don't want to go back there. Catherine's eyes were full of compassion. God's work isn't fragile, she said. This is another deeper layer, another opportunity for his glory to be revealed in you and through you. You said it beautifully when you were telling me about encouraging your student about her own formation. Christ's life in us is a resilient one. So, we are broken people, right? We are jars of clay. And there is much in us, in our flesh, that needs to be broken down, that Christ would be formed in us. But when God forms Christ in us, when he does that spiritual work, that's lasting kingdom work. It's not fragile. So even when I stumble and I fall down and I find myself in the same situation that I thought that God had worked through in me. I can trust that that enduring work is still there. And that, as she said, this is just another deeper layer that God wants to reveal and build on that work that he started. And that foundation is the rock of Christ, and we can stand firm in that. So your bl my blessings on you this day. May you stand firm in Christ and be blessed. Love you all.